Welcome to Our Shoreline, Your Horizon, a podcast by Dan Casey, featuring business and economic development news from St. Clair County, Michigan. Stretch your horizons in the beautiful shoreline communities of St. Clair County, home to one of the nation's busiest international border crossings. Learn more at edascc.com. Hello, I'm Dan Casey with the Economic Development Alliance of St. Clair County, Michigan, and thank you for tuning in to the EDA's Our Shoreline, Your Horizon podcast. Today, I'd like to welcome Chris Smith, who is the director of the St. Clair County Department of Veterans Affairs. And Chris is also the president of the Michigan Association of County Veterans Counselors. So as we approach Veterans Day, we wanted to thank all of our local and U.S. veterans for their service. My own son's one of them. Uh, We also want to recognize the value that servicemen bring to employers and the U.S. economy after they leave the military. In fact, U.S. veteran-owned businesses employ over 5 million people and contribute over $1 trillion to the U.S. economy every year. That's pretty significant, and that's why we wanted to have you on the podcast today. So welcome, Chris, and thanks for joining me. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so let's start with the obvious question. I'd like to know a little bit about yourself and your background. All right. Well, uh, Chris Smith, and I'm the director of the County Veteran uh, Office here in St. Clair. And I've uh, been married for 27 years, met my wife in the military, we were both over in Iwakuni, Japan. And then uh, been, I just retired last November, I was 28 years in the military with the Marine Corps. Both my kids are both active duty right now in the Marine Corps. Uh, they got about five years in. When I uh, actually just got my degree here about a year and a half ago in business, in bachelor's degree, so went back to school finally and finished that up. But yeah, and then I've just been the director of the County Veteran Service Office for the last eight years and uh, currently live in Crosley, Michigan. What was that transition like for you when you first decided to go into working in the public sector or private sector? I guess it's public sector technically with the Veterans Affairs. But what was that transition like for you coming out of the military? Well, I think the biggest thing was is uh, obviously when you're on active duty, you got, you know, they always call it Lance Corporal Underground, but everybody's got all these rumors about all these great jobs out there, and you're just going to be getting out and getting all these, you know, go conquer the world. Um, so I think the hardest thing for a lot of the veterans is uh, managing their expectations, really to get out. And uh, sometimes those military experiences don't necessarily align with the <clears throat> with the workforce out here in, uh, you know, hometown USA. Uh, so I think that's that's one of the biggest things for veterans in the transitioning. Yeah, so a person's MOS, you know, when they're in the military, is like, what do you do for a living in the in the Marines, for example, right? And then now you're out and you're trying to get a job, and your employer says, well, I don't really understand how what you did in the military translates to what I need you to do. So that seems like that's one of the big things that inhibit veterans when they get out is trying to get employers to understand what their actual skill set is. Would right. you agree with that? I would. And uh, and I mean, that's why a lot of times when they come to us or we get in contact with them, we try to get them over to Michigan Works. Um, if they identify themselves as a veteran, they have actually um, advocates in there that could assist in resume writing and translating some of their experiences in the military and be able to kind of reword those so it kind of aligns with some of the, the community and different jobs that are available out here. And I know with my own son having been in the Marines and then he got out and went to college, but in preparation for leaving, you know, the veterans are in the different branches have to go through a transition period, right? Which includes things like resume writing, 
interview skills and maybe even training in certain job fields. Yes, they do have a a course they all have to go through when they're discharging and some of that. The unfortunate thing is, is that most of I can speak for myself, is that you're used to, you're more worried about when you're going to get home and go go back and go do all these great things that you don't put forth, uh, you know, six months later when you're out, you think to yourself, man, I really should have paid attention a lot more. So it's just, uh, I don't know, I guess it's just one of those things in life that we always think, man, that I should have took more time at this, or I really should have enjoyed this when it was happening. But uh, I think that's the hardest thing for a lot of these young young veterans that are getting out, you know, they got four years in or, you know, eight years in and they're ready to go home. And like I, like I was saying, their expectations are they think they're going to come back and be able to grab this, um, you know, white collar job that they're going to be. They were supervising troops or whatever else. So they're going to be a supervisor when they come back and jump in this where they, you know, hard dose of reality is that you just like you earn the title of the military branch you're in, you still have to come back and earn the title whatever whatever title you're going to get. Yeah, I completely get that. And and right now with the shortages that we have in the labor force, we need every single veteran that decides to get out to come <laughs> and take these. I mean, we have so many good opportunities in, in literally every job classification you could think of. So it seems like now is really the time for employers and veterans and the military branches to get together to come up with a, a even better system than they currently have do some matchmaking so that uh, these folks can transition out and get a job right away, which they need, and then begin building their career. I agree. I agree. And I mean, I think the biggest thing is that, uh, you know, like you said, it is a perfect time. It's like the the perfect time to be looking for for jobs and stuff like that because of the amount of jobs out there. And I I always say like the the biggest thing is, is that they just got to have to take the initiative and get out there and, and hit the pavement. I mean, there's no, it's like anything else, nothing, nothing better than face to face. It's nothing better than getting out on the street and actually, you know, working and finding different areas. But like you said, if anything, I would like to, you know, Michigan Works is great, but as in like just finding that resource where you could, they always preach is like a one-stop shop. You know, you can just go to this site and you're going to find everything. But unfortunately, it never seems that easier. It's a very, not as easy as it sounds. Yeah, I, I got you. So you are the director of uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs. So tell me a little bit about the that department and what you do. Sure. Yeah. So what we do there is uh, the main thing our office is there for is to meet with veterans, sit down with one of our veteran service officers and help them get the documentation they need to get service connected and get the benefits and actually the assistance that they need through the Veterans Affairs Department um, through Detroit, Ann Arbor, Saginaw. So we do a lot of claim work, but also we ha- we also help with like uh, burial benefits, non-service connected pension. And then, and then along with that, we also can, we have access to doing emergent grants, emergency grants, and stuff like that. So if for some reason, if somebody falls on hard times or for some reason something uh, out of the ordinary happens, which happens day to day, um, we, we have access to the Michigan Trust Fund, and then also we have a Soldier and Sailors Relief Fund through the county. Right. So you're providing a lot of services that are critical to sustained veterans. Once they get out, of course, not every veteran is going to need that assistance necessarily right away, but at some point in their life, they're, they're definitely Will, so is that what you see or experience in that department is a lot of long-term assistance, or do you 
get right in there and start working with veterans from the minute that they get out? Well, ideally, the perfect storm would be they get in here as soon as they as soon as they get home into Port Huron or wherever in St. Clair County, they'd come and find our uh, office or see us on some of the promotional stuff and everything else, and they get in there and see what kind of benefits they have. Obviously, that's the easiest part because the sooner they get in, it's much easier to connect service, connect to disabilities. But we have, uh, unfortunately, just like myself, when I first came out, I was, you know, I might have had a couple of aches and pains, but I thought, you know, I'll get to those when I really need to. You know, I got to go get a job. I got to go get this. So it's, uh, you know, as much as you think military would not be procrastinators, we're like one of the best procrastinators for anything for ourselves. Yeah, because you're all tough guys and women, right. of yep. course. So you come out and you, you know, hopefully you're still, you know, pretty young. I know some people stay in until they retire from the military, right. but you're still pretty young. But even my son, when he got out after just four years, had foot problems, right? So right. he probably needed to take advantage of those services immediately too. Most definitely. And I mean, and the thing is that even if they don't come in right away, obviously we can still look at medical records, depending on what their jobs were. And, and the, it still can have a possibility of being service connected and be able to get those assistances through the Veterans Affairs. Because I mean, we've had uh, since I've been there for the last eight years, I mean, we have a lot of Vietnam veterans that are filing for the first time, you know, so it's, uh, it's def- anything's possible. And if it was going to happen in service, we can connect it to service and uh, they can get some benefits through it. I highly encourage it because obviously that's what they've gave us funding for. The, gov- the federal side is for veterans. And, uh, you know, it's, I guess the worst, the worst thing about it is I always hear ve- some veterans say, well, I'll leave it for somebody else who needs it more than I do. Well, uh, my my response to it is that there's a lot of amount that that is given to help veterans for that purpose, and you're not taking away from them. But if it doesn't get used through the year, then obviously it's like anything else, and maybe we don't need it, and the money gets put somewhere else. It isn't like it go, gets rolled over into a a veteran fund for somebody who needs it more than you. Yeah, I understand. So, <laughs> what are some of the services that veterans seem to need the most? I would say. Probably a couple things. One, some of the services are just being just assistance, getting them connected to some of the resources at like SC4, you know, be able to go get their education. And they have a veteran representative over there, which she does a great job. So connecting them to Michigan Works or some some uh, association that can uh, actually help them do those resumes and uh, be able to set them up for success. And then outside of that, then, uh, you know, there's a lot of like, hearing loss, tinnitus, the ringing in the ears. I mean, like if you've been exposed with loud noise exposure, pretty much anybody who's in was at a range or something like that. So those are some of the very, very common ones. Almost, you know, 80% of the veterans will be getting that. And then obviously if they need assistance with uh, mental health or anything like that, that's that's the services that we can uh, also connect them with. Knee, ankle, feet, just like you were saying. I mean, that's just a lot of wear and tear. So my organization has worked with yours in the past on organizing some job fairs for veterans. So how important is that particular service to uh, veterans as well? Um, I think it's a. I think the job fairs are definitely important. I think it, the one of the biggest things is you know what I've found is even if you can connect a couple different events together, you know, to get the mass populations because, like I said. Veterans are the best procrastinators, so 
you know, they, they see something, they, a lot of times they see veteran this and they, and they think, well, I'll leave it for somebody else. I'm busy doing this, or I got this all under control. You know, we're, we're not, nobody, no, nobody in the military most of the time never likes to re- um, recognize that they have any kind of weakness or need, unfortunately, but it is always great. Like you said, it's nice to have these job fairs in local areas um, because it just makes it very accessible. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, a bad interview is always a better, better than no interview at all because we, we learn as we go. That's right. Yeah, and I think that the importance of a job cannot be overstated because, you know, not just with veterans but with anybody, a job is often the foundation upon which they can build their life, right? And these days we're talking about career pathways, and it's not just getting a job. It's like how can you get a job and then continue to improve, educate yourself, better your situation for you and your family so that you can ultimately become prosperous. And that's what we talk about in economic development all the time, that we're in the business of creating prosperity. So um, I think, you know, just based on our past experience and working with your organization and with some of the other great organizations that are out there, is that assisting veterans to get hired and also solving some of their challenges like transportation to get to work or daycare or uh, other um, issues that they might have, I think it seems like those are some of the most important services that can be offered to help get these folks on their feet and then moving forward. Would you agree? Yes, I would 100% agree that, uh, you know, if we can uh, avoid or take away a few of those obstacles, it definitely makes it a little bit smoother once they get their feet on the ground. And, and like you said, usually military in general, um, you know, usually have their great, take great initiative. You know, they know how to show up to work on time. You know, once you get them in there, usually, you know, regardless of what kind of like education behind them, most of the time they're uh, they're always willing to get their hands dirty and and uh, be right in the middle of the mix. We're almost out of time, but I just wanted to ask you one more thing, which is you've been doing this for eight years. You retired from the Marines, right? So and now you're giving back by the work that you're doing with Veteran Affairs. So this must be pretty rewarding for you, I would assume, doing this job and. At this time, yes, it's very rewarding. I, I always felt like I wanted to have a job or have something, a career that was bigger than just a career, you know, bigger than uh, just a title. And uh, I feel the veteran, being the director of the Veterans Affairs, or just being associated with the Veterans Affairs and being with veterans, fellow brothers and sisters, um, it just it's it's the most rewarding thing you can do. You know, it's uh, being able to sit down, and sometimes they just need to talk. And just being able to have that connection immediately. Yeah. So as we're recording this, it's the week of Veterans Day. So we're all celebrating the sacrifice that you, you've made and, and others like you have made all around the country. People are you know, recognizing that sacrifice. So thank you for your service to the country for being on the podcast today. It is definitely an honor. And, uh, you know, I would have done it. I'd do it all over again. So and I'm pretty sure majority of the veterans would say the exact same thing. I'm Dan Casey with the EDA of St. Clair County, and I hope you'll join me again for the next podcast of Our Shoreline, Your Horizon. Thanks for listening. To hear more, visit the podcast page at WGRT.com or find Our Shoreline, Your Horizon on your favorite podcast app.